You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes You just might find Well, we got what we needed And that was each other Here is part nine of The Homeless Millionaire Let's find out what happens Alright, so we're, we're homeless again We're trying to tie up all the loose ends and trying to make sure that we can actually make the move to Boulder. And we, we'd gotten this, this U-Haul and myself and Zach, we were running around frantically trying to make sure we got everything out of the house that we were um, leaving. We did end up talking the landlord into letting us pay one, like the, the final deposit to let us out of the lease so that there was no legal action. So thank God for that. That was really, really nice of him. Um, but we rounded that much up and, and we were out of there. And uh, so we grabbed everything that we could from the studio that we had just had to leave. And, and we put that into storage and some of the house things. And I mean, our plan is to go up to the studio, the new studio, the Boulder, Colorado studio. And we're going to intermittently live there. Well, that's, that's what we did. We took all of our stuff and we moved it into the studio and we tried to make it look like, hey, it was just kind of a storage shed while we were moving into our imaginary house at this point. And uh, we put uh, my living room couch up in uh, the VIP, what is now the VIP of our event center. And we, uh, we spent the first night in the studio. I remember we, we hooked up a TV and uh, Apple TV. And uh, we all, all five of us, <laughs> we got, uh, we got cozied in and started a, a TV show. I think the TV show was 24. And we sat there and we kind of talked amongst ourselves and just tried to figure out what, what now? We just, we just uprooted our entire life. And now we are in a place where you're, you're not supposed to live and we're watching TV and we're trying to figure out <laughs> how how does this play out? What's what's going to happen? And we try our best to just kind of decompress because up until this moment, I mean, it was a fire drill. I mean, from the moment that my landlord tried to evict me, it was a fire drill. We had to change the way we were doing things and shift hours. And then the microburst happens. And then we're fighting with the insurance company and we have no money. And then we're fighting with the other landlord. And then we're trying to get a spot. I mean, it's a fire drill. And it is from sun up to sun. It, 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 you want to say sun up to sundown, but I mean, that accounts for like 10 hours of time. I mean, we're putting 20 hour days in and it is pedaled to the metal from a waking moment to when your eyes close and we are just doing everything we can to stay afloat. And for the first time in a very long time, we, we don't have anywhere to be. I mean, yes, we got to find a house. Yes, we got to start a business. But for the first time, we can just sit down and we can, we can look around and we can see how far we've come. Even though, I mean, yes, it's been five years since I started the company and I'm essentially in the same spot, but I'm not in the same spot mentally. I've learned a lot. And these magnificent people that I have around me make me know that I'm going to be okay. I know it. I don't have any question in my mind whether or not we make it because I know that we're going to make it. And I, I remember looking 
at everyone to, I was going to try to be that, that leader. I was going to give a motivational speech and I'm going to let them know that they, they picked the right path. But I remember that night so vividly. And I remember looking into each of their eyes and seeing a sense of calm, seeing a sense of peace. And that peacefulness was, it was from the chemistry. It was from us. It was because we all knew that we were stronger together and we were right where we needed to be. And we all knew that we were about to do something great. I mean, we knew it. And so, step by step, day by day, we started rebuilding. I mean, rebuilding everything. I mean, rebuilding our team. Because the only people who stuck with us that were employees at the time when this happened were Jeffrey Tanner and Chase Thompson. They saw the vision. They saw what we were capable of together as a team. They saw what KMG could be. They saw the keep music going idea. They saw it when nobody else could see it because they're only looking at dollars and cents. And yes, I understand that money means something because yes, we've got to live. We've got to eat. We've got to pay bills. But we've also got to wake up in the morning and be grateful that we get to go, get to instead of have to, get to be around these people, get to change the world, get to bring the next generation of audio entrepreneurs into this industry. We feel like we get to do that. So yes, you know what? Sometimes it gets dark. But a member of our team always knows how to turn on a light. We're always there for one another. I'm always, always, always going to cherish Jeff and Chase forever for their faith in me and this company. And those two really helped us brick by brick rebuild something that's a lot stronger than what we left. And that's the sign of a great team. If when everything comes crumbling down, do you come out the other side stronger? And we did. So, as we're taking this journey together as a team, we're still searching for our first session. We didn't realize how much the move to Boulder was going to change because we had a ton of clients at the old studio. Well, most of them did not want to drive to Boulder. They don't want to drive. That's so much time, especially if they're only picking up an hour of time, two hours of time. Well, they don't want to drive an hour each way. So, we start to realize, oh, did, did, we, did we make a mistake? And I had to tell everyone, look, this team doesn't make mistakes. We just find new ways. And we did. We doubled down on the education. And we, when we didn't have clients, when we didn't have sessions, we'd say, all right, let's make the best curriculum that there is. And all the while, while we're working to rebuild everything, we're trying our best. Uh, the insurance company would ring me every now and then and say, hey, you got some more money that has just been released and it's enough for living expenses while you're trying to find a home or trying to find this. But it was for the owners of the business. And that was me and my wife. And so they would just pay for one hotel room. And so what I would do is I would let those credits stack up on, on the money every single day. And then I would grab my entire team and I'd say, all right, guys, let's all go get hotel rooms together. Or let's, let's trade it all in for two nights in a presidential suite so that we can all stay together and get showers in and just 
decompress and, and rejuvenate and just get so that we can fight another day. And so we do that. We would trade off from maybe we get the hotel rooms and then um, we would go stay with friends or family or we would try to find places to stay. We'd sleep in our cars sometimes because there's one time we got caught and they're like, are you sleeping here? And we're like, uh, we've just been working so much. I mean, it's a lot of space. And so instead of driving home so tired, we just figured we'd crash here. And they're like, okay, you better not be sleeping here. And so we got nervous for a few times. So Zach and Ashley actually drove to Ashley's parents' house, which is all the way down in Highlands Ranch. Uh, Kayla and I slept in our uh, car and then Mitch would either sleep in his car, find a place uh, to crash uh, the night or drive to Fort Collins for uh, so that he could stay with his parents. And so we're constantly moving and constantly, I mean, the biggest problem that we would have every single day was, okay, where, where are we going to sleep tonight? Are we, are we going to try to fake it and try to sleep here? But then what if the landlord just shows up? Are we going to go sleep in our cars? If, if so, I mean, this is right before, it's probably about three weeks before Thanksgiving. And so we've been doing this for a month, at least a month. And with the holidays imminent, we're going, this is, this is not how I want to spend Thanksgiving. This, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. And so I really make a concerted effort to try to find a house. And we're getting really nervous of, of the landlord thinking, hey, are these, are these guys transients? Are they living there? Like, do they even have a house? And so we just stop staying there. And we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what do we do? So Kayla and I would every now and then get a hotel, or if there was enough insurance money, we would all get a hotel. Um, Mitch would, again, find somewhere to crash. Um, and there was an extra room down in Highlands Ranch at Ashley's house. And so she would say, hey, you know what? If you want to stay in that room, I, I don't think my parents would mind. So they're driving. And I mean, that's far away from Boulder. They're doing that every single day. And so I start really, really looking for a house. And one of my friends, he, and he ends up just, this is, again, his name's Roland and he's an angel of my existence. He's like one of, he's like the angel of angels in my life. And he says, hey man, look, I'm not going to buy you a house, but I'll co-sign or I'll, I'll help you figure it out. I've done a lot of real estate. Just find a house and we'll figure it out, man. And I'm going, oh my God, how I'm so lucky to have you in my life, man. I can't, I can't ask you to do that. And he says, look, man, I've known you for a long time and I've seen you turn something out of nothing multiple times. He goes, dude, you're one of my heroes. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say to that. And so he says, dude, here's my friend's name. She's a real estate agent. Just go find a house. You're going to have to pay for it, but I got you. We can do this. And it's, it still chokes me up to this day thinking that I had someone believe in me that much to say, dude, I got you, man. And so we go... Right when he gives me the green light, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, 
I'm gonna figure this out. 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 And so I look at this house. I look at that house. I look at this house. I look at that house. That house. This house. That house. That house. That house. I'm I'm going everywhere. I can't find anything that's in the budget or that I like. Boulder is crazy expensive. And so I'm looking on Zillow one day. And my finger slips and it goes too far. It goes out to Erie, Colorado. And I see this house. I'm like, wow, that's twice the square footage that we were looking at. And it's $250,000 cheaper. Let's go look at that thing. So we go there. My wife and I, like, I feel home. I feel like I'm home right when I see it. Right when I walk in, I'm like, this is my house. Let's go. Done deal. Let's go. Well, it's a foreclosure. It's owned by a bank. And there's six other people trying to buy the house. And I'm going... Okay, so what uh, what do we do now? Because I've never bought a house before. And so Roland comes back to me and he goes, all right, man, dude, let's put an offer in. And I've, I read the fine print and the fine print of, of a foreclosed bank that comes from Chase Bank because they're the people who owned it. It says $75,000 has to be in escrow before you can put in any offer or you have to go to the title company and give them a cashier check but whatever offer you want to make comes with 75 grand and roland says look man i'll figure out financing for you and and i'll i'll help you get with some great lenders that on, on my word will be able to help you out you have to figure out the $75,000 and i went um all right i probably had Maybe $75. <laughs> and so I said, all right, uh, I'm going to find $75,000. I'm going to do this. Let's go, man. Let's do this. And so uh, I start beating the streets and I'm trying to figure out, all right, is it an advertising deal that I'm going to do? Is it, are we going to do a big project? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Are we going to, and so I go into hustle mode. I'm like, all right, I am going to figure this out. I've have, I have the opportunity to literally, my first home is the home of my dreams. I'm probably never leaving. I'm the luckiest man in the world to walk to that house and call that my home. All right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do this. So I'm going to tell you right now, I find $75,000, I would have loved to just keep saying zeros, but $75,000. I came up with it. I did it. I got it in a cashier check, dropped it off. We made the offer. And... We try to find financing and it's, it's really hard to find financing for someone like me. I mean, I just took a, not a year off, but a half a year off with my company being relocated slash destroyed. So you can imagine what that does to financials. I'm in the middle of still going on with the, the insurance battle day in and day out. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. So it's really hard. So we try the commercial side. We, we try starting a new company. We try conventional financing very unconventional financing, everything. And so we need more time. We put in the offer. They accept the offer because I had talked to the real estate lady and I just kept, Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And this is the people representing Chase. And I finally got her to admit that no one had gone over asking. And so I said, okay, $5,000 over asking. And they accept it. And I'm just, I'm freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. 
But the problem is, is really getting someone to sign on the dotted line that I've got that financing. So now we've got a window of time because everything, when you're buying a house, it has very strict deadlines, tight windows. And so if you need more time, if you need more time, you have to ask for what's called an amend extend. So I had to ask for one of those. And uh, and to top it off, because it's a foreclosure, I have to snail mail everything to New York uh, and send it directly to Chase. And then they have to snail, snail mail it back to me, which means through the mail. They won't email. You can't call anybody. And so an amend extend, if I don't get the amend extend in, in a timely manner, if I don't get it done, and I don't pull my money back out, the earnest money, if I don't pull it out, I lose all of it. I lose all of it. So we had filed trying to get an amend extend them to accept the fact that we need a little bit more time. And they, they, they had confirmed that they had sent their response. They would not tell us what the response was. And we were on the day. So the day that if we do not pull our money out, we're going to lose it. If that letter comes back and says, no, we checked the tracking on the letter and we get the letter tomorrow because something happened, weather happened, whatever, because it's that time of the year. And so my real estate lady, everyone involved is saying, Greg, you got to pull your money out. Got to pull your money out. Got to pull your money out. You're about to lose $75,000. And I said, well, what happens if I, I, I pull out the, the 75 grand. They said, well, it'd be next person in line. And then we'd just find you a different house. I said, well, that's my house, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you hear what I'm saying, but that is my house. I felt it when I walked in the door. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my, my soul, my core. I'm not, I'm not taking my money out of there because I'm telling you when we open the letter, it says amend, extend, approved. And they said, that's not how this works. If they have an opportunity to take money from me, they're going to do it. They're a bank. And I said, not this time. That is my house. I'm telling you right now, when we open that letter tomorrow, it's going to say, amend, extend, approved. I promise you. And they said, you're nuts. I said, yes, I am. So I, I, I let it roll. I throw the dice. We open up that letter the very next day and it says, amend, extend, approved. I looked at everyone in there. I said, I told you that's my house. Three days later, we got approval for financing. My friend pulled it off and we were good to go. Now, on that day that we found out that this is going to be our house, it was Ashley's birthday. Three days after her birthday is when we went into the house. So we're doing her birthday, but here's the thing that has started to happen. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out where we're going to live. We're still, I mean, through this whole process, we still got to figure out where are we living? Where are we sleeping that night? Zach and Ashley, every time they leave, seems like they're a little closer than they were the day before. And I start to notice Zach is maybe a bit more protective over her. I start noticing the way Ashley looks at him. They've fallen in love. Straight up. They haven't admitted it to one another yet. Nothing has happened. It's just, let's just say that if a hand gets placed on like the console of a car and the other person's hand 
accidentally starts touching that one, they're not going to move their hand, if you know what I mean. They, they're falling for each other, and you can see, everyone can see it. They don't want to admit it, but everyone can see it. And so we realize on her birthday, they both come out and they say, you know what? That person has my heart. They've had my back. They're my best friend. I love them. I, I don't know what else to tell you, but I know I'm supposed to be with that person right there. And so we're going, oh, <laughs> this is going to add an interesting dynamic, but you know what? Matters of the heart, you can't, you can't try to quantify that. If it happens, it happens. And so now we have another couple in our midst. I mean, they're very, very new because on her birthday with maybe a little bit of alcohol involved, they both come out and they're like, you know what? I'm in love. I'm in love. And it's crazy. It, we, we didn't know what was going to happen. Now, full disclosure, they're still together to this day, and they're one of the most beautiful relationships that I get to witness blossom into one of the most beautiful flowers you can ever see. The way that they care for one another and they're developing with one another, they support one another, they are great. They're great. They're not good. They're great. And it's an honor to witness them. So fast forward three days, or maybe it was the next day. I don't know. It's within three days after her birthday. And we get the keys to the house, guys. Well, the problem is, with it being a foreclosure, we had to, when, when you read the itty bitty tiny print, uh, we couldn't ask for any contingencies. We couldn't ask for uh, an inspection. The, the house was sold as is. So we're going, okay, maybe it's a, a fixer-upper. We're good, right? We're good. So we go in. And honestly, we're pumped. We get, we get electricity that day. So we're, we're excited. We turn on lights and everything. And, uh, and midday, we get the water turns on uh, from the, the, the main valve out on the street. They turn it on. And we're excited. And we're like, oh, my God. This, this is happening, guys. This is incredible. And so we're, 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 we're pumped. This is awesome. And then we turn on the water and, and nothing comes out. And we're like, okay, let's go turn on the main valve down in the basement. We turn it on and the sump pump is working backwards and it starts spraying poo and it fills up our entire basement. It was spraying poo. Now, we didn't know if we were going to get water on that day. So believe it or not, I had a porta potty delivered. So, because... I mean, I didn't know how long it was going to be until the water people could show up and all that stuff. And I needed a place to go to the bathroom. So we ordered it just for a couple days, just, just in case, right? Well, we don't realize that when we turn on the main valve, water starts coming out of light sockets. Water starts coming out of outlets. Uh, we, we have fuses popping. We have everything going and we're going, uh, okay. So I'm standing in about a foot of poo and... There's water coming out of the lights above me. And so my dad is, it comes down, dri drives down from Wyoming. He drives down. It's about two and a half hour drive. He probably makes it in two. He comes in, punches a hole in the roof like freaking Superman. And we have bursted pipes. But we don't understand the magnitude of how many pipes we had bursted. So he starts punching in. Holes in all the drywall. My house is starting to look like Swiss cheese. We call a master plumber. He comes out and one of the guys actually jokingly 
looks at my wife and says, man, they should just bulldoze the place. And we're going, what did, what, what did we just do? So we're not looking, we, we thought we were smart. We thought we made a great buy. Not looking so smart now. And my, my wife just begins to cry. And I mean, this is not like pretty cry. This is not kind of cry. This is like uncontrollably. We just messed our lives up forever cry. And she says, is, is there anything we can do? This can't be right. We have to be able to call somebody. And I, I thought to myself, I said, you know, you're right. I'm going to call him right now. So I grab my phone. I dial a number and I put it up to my ear. And right at that moment, Kayla's phone rings. Kayla looks at it. She says, why are you calling me? And I said, well, I'm calling the landlord. Can you fix this for me? She did not. <laughs> she did not think that was funny. But if you know me, you know, that's me. So um, that's just kind of a, a, a funny thing. So anyway, we, we got there in the morning and we've been fighting the water monster all day long. And uh, the, the two master plumbers we have out there and my dad are all going, look, once the water pressure goes up out of the basement which essentially means we fix every pipe that is in the basement. Then it fills all those up and then it goes up to the main floor. Well, now when we find the broken pipes up there, that just means all the water from all the pipes has to drain out out of that one little thing before we can start working on it because you need to shut the water off and have the water out of the pipes before you can start working on them. And this is the first day in our house Everything looks like Swiss cheese. There's drywall holes everywhere. There's drywall everywhere. There's water everywhere. Our floors are ruined. Our, our wood floors are ruined. None of the electricity is working because water is flying out of it. And we're going, okay. <laughs> Here we go again. And we don't see any way out, but we keep putting one foot in front of the other. And at about midnight. And just so you know, I mean, three days away, four days away, maybe we've got Thanksgiving on the horizon. We don't have any running water. We have a house that we don't know if it needs to be bulldozed or not. The gas hasn't been turned on, so there's no heat. And it's one of the coldest winters. We looked on the, you know, when you ask Siri, Hey, what's the temperature outside? It says negative 14. Negative 14 is what we were dealing with on this particular day with no heat. We're covered in water. You can imagine how cold we are all the time. And the house is being destroyed, actively being destroyed by us trying to fight this battle. And so we grab a bunch of, I mean, it's probably midnight at this point when everyone starts leaving. And I mean, the, the master plumber looks at me and he says, dude, you've got, I mean, if, if we can fix this, man, you've got a week's worth of work with us here every single day, all day. I'll be here tomorrow morning. And as he leaves, I look at my team and we thought, I mean, we were so happy the day before because we were going, we're going to have beds, we're going to have a place to sleep, we're going to have, this is going to be, we're putting down root. oh my God, right? And I remember shutting the door and the plumber drives away and I look at all of them and all the guys are just covered with drywall and we're drenched and we're soaked. And the girls are like constantly randomly crying. And I remember 
me and Zach decide, all right, well, we all have to sleep in the same room. So we choose the master bedroom. And we get extension cords and space heaters. And we plug them into different outlets all over the house so that we don't pop a circuit because you can't put them all in the same one. We went to Walmart and we bought the cheapest Blu-ray player we could find because we found, when we were moving in, we found the eight movie series of Blu-ray Harry Potter discs. And before we're getting ready to fight this battle for who knows how long to try to get a house that we're, that's livable, they, Mitch makes a bed on the floor and my bed's in there and Zach and Ashley make a little bed on the floor and we put all the space heaters around us. And we put on Harry Potter and we start to watch it. And we are just bracing for impact because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we know that we have each other. Thank you so much. This has been part nine of The Homeless Millionaire. We're going to bring everything up to currently where I sit right now. We are going to do the final year and a half, two years of what happened. What brought us here? Why are we who we are? We're going to hear more about the school, more about different decisions we made, different fights with the state so that we can be approved and regulated by the state to be just an education facility and fulfill our passion, ignite other passions. We're going to bring this all to a close in part 10 of The Homeless Millionaire. This is Greg Kimball. This is my story. This is, you know, it's not my story. It's your story. It's Ashley's story. It's Zach's story. It's Mitch's story. It's Kayla's story. It's Chase's story. Jeff's story. Rob's story. This is the story of anyone who is trying to beat the odds, trying to change their stars, trying to do something that they never thought possible. So thank you for listening to our story. Thank you for listening to your story. This has been such an amazing revelation to me reliving this time in my life. The fact that you listen to it makes it just that much more worth it. I hope I'm helping and I will see you hopefully, no promises, hopefully tomorrow so that we can bring this thing home. Thanks again. I appreciate you.